2: Hello and welcome to the Esports Biz Show. I'm your host, Justin Jacobson. This week we'll be discussing professional gamers. Just as a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as legal advice, all the information is for educational purposes only. This week's guest is Too Easy. Too Easy is a professional Mortal Kombat player for the Pittsburgh Knights. He has competed professionally at many major fighting tournaments and has previously been signed to Team Lazarus, Simplicity Esports, Regal Reserve, Team Gates, and Hybrid Gaming. Thanks for joining us.
3: Hey, Justin. What's up? Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
2: My pleasure. So, you know, to briefly introduce the topic, we're calling professional gamers. So pro gamers compete professionally against other competitors or teams for prize money. These could either be in 1v1 or PvP games or team versus team titles. They make money a variety of ways, including sponsorship and brand partnerships. If they're signed to an organization, they usually are paid a salary. They also receive revenue from streaming and other social media, whether it's ad revenue, subscriptions, donation, bits, or any other digital currency. Then there's also gamer-specific merchandise, such as T-shirts, hats, hoodies, really anything with a logo. And then tournament winnings, depending on how well you do and where you play. So now we know a bit more about how some professional gamers earn income. Tell us about your past esports experience.
3: What's the first game you played? My first game uh in regarding to esports or just gaming in general? Both. Oh man, let's see. Uh I've been gaming at a young age. I have uh I grew up with three older brothers. So they were already gaming. So I like even as a baby, I would probably hear like button mashing and stuff. So I think one of my first games is probably that I have a really good memory of is uh Super Smash Brothers, which is like, you know, a fighting game to begin with. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's in my roots already. But uh, Mortal Kombat two and three was really big. But that's when I was really little. But I remember really hearing like the sounds of um, just the Smash Brothers in the Nintendo sixty four. That was really big for me.
2: Okay, yeah. I mean, I definitely was a big fan of you know Smash on N sixty four, and I was telling another guest that that's the game. That's like Smash's iconic. You know that and Mario Kart. Like those are like two of the top N64 titles that I think everyone who had n 64s had those titles and just played them. And, you know, I know I wish I still had my N64 to play those
3: games. (laughs) Yeah, for
2: sure. Definitely. So what was the first game you kind of started to play competitively?
3: Right. Okay, so let's start. um, So I saw. let's talk about Mortal Kombat 10, MKX, right? So this was before the game was coming out. There was, like, this hype event. It was called Fatal 8. Now, this is – I've never seen any type of esports production before this. So, they invited the eight, like, biggest names in the Mortal Kombat community. That's why you got Sonic Fox. You got – I think it was Ketchup, who's a really big uh, commentator and stuff in the scene. Anyways, eight players, right, around the world competing. Now, the esports production at its time – this was, like, 2015 – was crazy like you had storylines you had hype you had everyone like representing um a faction in the game it was crazy i couldn't believe it so when i saw this i'm like yo this game is not even out yet once it comes out and then i i talked to my brother i had him hop on this Mortal Kombat 10 hype i was like yo let's hop let's play this game you already know we we've been playing we play games and stuff like that Uh, we we used to do like game battles so battles So it was like a shooting game at the time beforehand. But this is when I really started my journey diving into esports. So that's how I got into it initially was through an event called Fatal 8 from Mortal Kombat 10. So did you play Mortal Kombat before that or that was, you know, the first one you got into? Oh, yeah, of course. Like super casual, like with fighting games, it's really um, it's really deep once you pass the casual level. It gets really deep and methodical, and a lot of uh, calculated. Like I played, you know, just mashing, uh, mashing buttons and stuff. Like probably every fighting game you can think of, just super casual for fun. Before that, yeah.
2: Okay, so you know who's like your favorite fighter? Is there anyone that you you choose, or do you kind of select based on the matchup?
3: Yeah, yeah. Oh, so when I started, uh, Ermac, he was he's the he's known as the quote unquote like a red ninja. In Mortal Kombat, he's my my guy. Like, if there's any way, whenever I can use him, I'll use him. But I, that's what I used in Mortal Kombat 10. And he was the only character I had to use. He was really good in the game. So I didn't have to, like, oh, base matchups. Oh, I can't use him. He was a solid pick. Thankfully, I I, I got lucky because, you know, at the time, I, I was picking characters that I thought were cool. And he just happened to be a really strong character. So Ermac it was definitely my favorite, even until now. He's my favorite until now.
2: Okay. So how'd you kind of get into the professional side? Was it just kind of like seeing what people were doing or, you know, did you just start going to local events or how'd that, how'd that all happen?
3: Right. Okay. So let's start, let's continue with this journey. We got MKX, right? We're playing. We're like an online warrior for like the first seven, eight months, literally just playing online. I didn't know anything about the competitive scene, um, the FGC, as we call it, the fighting game community, you know, where they have like uh events every month, etc. offline. So I didn't know anything. I just was playing online. And then um there was this one tournament that uh I started winning like after seven to eight months of grinding that I started winning like a couple of online tournaments and boom that's when I get my first sponsorship because I won it was like a like six, seven hundred dollar pop bonus event online, which is you know reasonable for FDC standards. I won that boom, first place. I got contacted, I'm like, oh snap, what is this? So that um that was going into my first uh sponsor with like, you know, I had like they had G Fuel Logitech. It was a pretty legit uh, sponsorship. So that's when I really started um going into the more professional side of things in regards to competing, because I had uh, a sponsor that they would send me out when I needed to. They had all these products coming to me for free. I'm like, oh, who doesn't like free stuff, right? What else happens when you have good sponsors, they send you stuff to um, do things on social media, et cetera, et cetera. You know how the rest goes.
2: So how did that all happen? Like how did you kind of get involved with sponsors? Did you reach out to them or they started to see what you were doing?
3: Well, when I uh, regarding like organizations, obviously with your organization comes the, uh, like the – Uh, affiliated sponsors so uh, in regards to that I didn't have to really do much but when I further um, continue my career in the esports world right I started uh, thinking like listen like these organizations they have sponsors right and then you look at someone one of the biggest names in the fighting game community Justin Wong he was actually he he stopped um Signing to organizations and he started doing business he started doing his own work with the sponsors themselves, which was like never seen even to this day. there's not a lot of people that are doing that. There's a couple, but Justin Wong really set the standards to like yo guys, I'm paving the way for you guys, and me like I really have a lot of respect for Justin Wong because he's doing things that no one else is doing. he's always uh setting the standard for how things should be done so Uh, Justin Wong, boom, he's getting all these sponsors without an organization because previous, you know, he's been on Echo Fox. He's been like on top tier organization before, but he was branding himself into these um, sponsorships without an organization. So anyways, um, how I do it. Yeah. Like you, you, you have to obviously reach out sometimes, you know, uh, through mutuals, you guys get like some type of conversation going. man, it it can vary any way to get a sponsorship for yourself, for the people interested, because this is what I do. This is what I love to do. You just, man,
0: it just, you can't. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
3: comes in so many different ways. You just have to be you have to take advantage of the time. Like if there's an opening that that small window to get an opportunity, you have to take uh the biggest um you have to take advantage of it. If not, you'll miss your chance and boom, someone else will get it. So um yeah just communicating, uh reaching out, um just some networking. Like I've been to a lot of events that weren't really tournament for example, Pack West, Pack East, um, DreamHacks. Well, DreamHacks are like competitive, but you, I, I do a lot of network there as well. So it's it's like just getting getting your brand out there is really important.
1: Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Indeed.com slash blue wire offer valid through June 30th terms and conditions apply.
2: Absolutely. So what was it like kind of, you know, getting signed to a team? I know now you're on the Pittsburgh Knights, and how that all happened.
3: Oh man, it was just, uh, okay. Funny story with Pittsburgh Knights. I, I reached out to them like, man, I reached out to them like 2017 to the, I, I reached out to them a long time ago. Right. <laughs> and I had a, I had a good discussion with the guy in charge and uh james and um now fa- fast forward into twenty twenty um i hadn't so we uh we kind of followed up i had we had more conversations and uh it was just really like it was a really organic um uh, it was a really organic um conversation to, that we had it was like yo this is uh this looks really good let's make this work and we just topped it up we had our ideas and uh yeah the rest is history now we're here.
2: So what's it like, kind of getting signed to a team? I know you kind of started just competing online, and what's that first moment like when the team's like, "Hey, like we want to sign you, and here's your jersey and all that."
3: Oh yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting. Like uh, any any player, especially up and coming players, it's exciting. One thing I will say is that never sell yourself short. Always be careful. Um, some orgs will, you know, try to. You you have to know your value, what your worth of what you're bringing in. For me, I feel like I know when a deal is not worth it. So, you know, I I obviously have a lot of experience already and and whatnot. But for the newer players, like, just know your worth, know what you're bringing. And if you feel like the organization is cutting you short, you then don't sign because a contract is a contract. And, you know, once you once you sign that contract, man, you're, you're stuck in there. So make sure you're in a happy position before you commit to a team.
2: Exactly. I mean, that's like the biggest advice that I give to people. And, you know, like you said, know your value, but also understand that you don't know what your value is going to be tomorrow or three months from now or six months from now. Everything changes so rapidly that if you don't build in this flexibility, incentives, the ability to renegotiate, if you hit certain milestones, like you're just going to be stuck in a deal that you're not going to be happy with. And then the situation's not going to work. And nobody wants that. The team doesn't want that and you as a player. So, you know, I think you bring up a really great point there that, you know, as you start transitioning from just playing competitively online to being signed to an org, you have to understand what that means. And, you know, that's where you get individuals that help you. And I think that, you know, that kind of leads us to our next point of, you know, what are you kind of competing in now? What are you working on now?
3: Uh, it's, um, unfortunately, everything is online online. Uh, even with other esports so just a lot of online tournaments um it was just announced actually uh i think like last week uh rich music invitational the 16 of like the top players in the uh, just another realm history in nrs history like yeah ninja killer sonic sonic fox the top two no no disputes the top two right now and they've always been top two in the world but um it's nice to see them com- compete online because they don't they actually don't keep, compete too much online. So it's good to see them there. But yeah, we got all the big names, uh 5K on the line. And I think it's uh it's going to be around I'm um, around my birthday weekend, so early March. Uh I'll be competing in that. Um there's a couple of things actually under in the works that I can't really speak on, but yeah, um There's a couple of events.
2: Okay. So you kind of speak on this, you know, online versus live tournament. So what are some kind of differences, you know, that you notice? Is there any benefits of online that maybe don't happen in, you know, live events? What are your thoughts on this?
3: Oh, yeah. this is a big difference, online and offline. This debate is always – this has always been a debate that, like, people will always say if you do good online, they'll say something like, oh, well, you, you won't see me offline. I'll destroy you offline, right? Like, that's always a debate. Online players don't transition well offline. That's not the case anymore because usually the online players that are really good they'll transition offline. But but it's not easy though for sure. Uh, it's just that on when you play online, there's a couple of things like you have more mis- more room for mistakes online compared to offline. You know, offline your your the precision of your inputs everything has to be perfect. Online, like you have lag to compensate and stuff like that. That's why a lot of people don't even play off, uh, online, excuse me. They rather play offline. It, it's actually like two completely different games when you when you play offline and online.
2: That's interesting. I mean, I think that, you know, especially, you know, 1v1 game versus a team one, you think that that makes, you know, an even bigger difference where it's just like you're versus that competitor. So, you know, it's just really you versus them and there's no one else that kind of impacts the outcome.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's why. That's why it's uh, so frowned upon. <laughs> and people, and the fighting games in general, every every fighting game, every every different eSport fighting game, like it's preferred offline. It's just like that's the standard that people want to uh, understand, right?
2: And that's how you can just show your high level of competition where there's no lag, there's no ping. It's you versus me. My thought process, my fighting mechanisms, my reaction time.
3: Mm-hmm. No, there's no excuses offline. No excuses at all.
2: Okay, I like that. So what's like kind of playing in one of these large tournaments?
3: Oh, it's the best. That's my favorite part of everything. It's just competing. Like putting yourself, like let's go back to the 1v1. I'm putting myself against you, right? We have the same tools. Like everything that I can do, you can do, you have access to. So it's just like who the who the stronger man or woman is in that day. I love that. That's like, I come from sports. I love. I used to play a lot of soccer and basketball, and like, even though they're team based, it's still like it's still the same constant that I I believe I know I'm better than you. I want to prove it to you, and that's what the whole tournament is. And then you have money on the line. That's as a fighting game player. That's how I look at it, and I just I love it. I'm not tired of competing.
2: I like that. I think you know. I think that it's a good you know point you bring up that. It is that 1v1 competition is you versus them. It's not like, oh, he's stronger than me or faster, has a couple extra inches or, you know, it's we can play the same character, you know, we're, if we're right across from each other, there's no online internet issues and it's me versus you and how well you actually play. Exactly, yes. So what's it like kind of winning against, you know, a tough opponent? Is there anyone that you kind of really remember? that's like, oh, it was so great to beat them.
3: Ah oh, man, I, it's there's so many. I uh at the top of my head I can't even think about it. It's it, there's so many good players especially um as as the whole uh, NetherRealm studio community has progressed in esports like every year is harder. There's so many, everyone's getting better and there's more people joining the scene. So it's just the competition is always getting stronger, which which I love. Yeah, I like to challenge myself. But Man, oh, beating a tough opponent, it's uh—it's the best feeling. The thing is, oh, this is also a thing. So offline, like let's say you're playing. Let's say you're trying to make it out of pools, right? You usually have a couple killers to make it out of pools into like top 64, top 32, whatever the case is. Don't pop off too early. Because you know what a lot of people do, like let's say they'll beat a, a really top or strong player, they'll pop off, right? And then their next match, like they've exhausted, <laughs> they're exhausted mentally because they cashed out. Like, oh man, I beat I beat this the best player, the number two ranked player, right? And then they cash out already mentally. So like their next match, they get they get they get whooped. That's a thing that I see a lot. So just when you beat someone good, I mean don't don't cash out yet because you still have the whole tournament. When if you win, when you win the tournament, go ahead and cash out. Go ahead and pop off as hard as you want.
2: Okay, I think that's some good advice that you have to – yeah, like it's good that you had that upset, but like you got to go into the mentality that you can beat anyone and that's the way you win. And if you're just so excited that you beat someone when you're the underdog, you're not going to be at that same level and bring it the next match. And Like you said, you might lose to someone who isn't the equivalent or that you should have beat, but you just weren't – you didn't have that killer instinct. You kind of let go a little.
3: Yeah, for sure. I agree. Yeah.
2: So tell us a little about this event in Ukraine. I know you mentioned there was, you know, some great competition that just happened recently.
3: Yeah, dude. So uh, it was hosted by WePlay. Now when they reached out, uh, so WePlay actually does a lot of like Dota 2, CS:GO, you know, the bigger, um, the bigger, stronger tier in esports, right? So when they reached out, I'm like, I've never heard of them, honestly. But I just did like five ten minutes of googling, dude. I was like, I was so hyped. I'm like, there's no way. I was kind of like, I, I wanted to see once the paperwork and the contracts come in. I'm like, okay, this is legit. But dude, it was like, it's crazy. So even I've been, I've traveled, I've traveled everywhere, right? Even for competing, dude. Just like this whole experience in Ukraine with WePlay, and the the event was called um, uh, Temple Temple Dragon. Uh, I think so, yeah, Temple Drive. Anyways, this event, is it was, like, one of the best events that I, I got to experience in my life, period. Not just my esports career, just, like, just my adult life. You know, it was ridiculous. They took care of everything. Literally, um, there was an app. Uh, its They don't have Uber Eats. It's, like, it's a different app, right? They would li- literally Uber Eats us every meal, whether it was, like, uh, well, the, the hotel had breakfast, right? And then lunch and dinner. Uber Eats, whatever you want. Boom, covered. Everything was covered. Dude, I forgot like a headache pills for me because I like during certain sessions, I can get a headache or a migraine. I forgot that, right? They took care of it. Boom. We went to the mall. They got me my stuff that I needed. Um, I forgot all oh, the converters. I, I didn't get the proper converter. I had like a cup of the wrong one. Boom. They took care of it. Just like little stuff like that. Dude, the experience was godlike. And all oh, the Ukrainian food is really good. I was surprised. I was excited to try Ukrainian food, but it was really good, man. Ukrainian food was kind of fire.
2: Okay. I mean, I think that that's, you know, an important thing when you're hosting these events, especially now. It's all about the little things, especially when it's not as easy to go out and get things in a foreign country. When the event organizer can give you this extra hospitality angle, it, you know, makes you really feel like you're a pro.
3: Dude, it was it was tear tier S tier of like hospitality. Well, good. That's the way it should be. You
2: know, I think that that's the way everything is trending, especially, you know, I know in Europe and Asiatic markets and, you know, it's just huge there. And I think North America and especially in the US, it will continue. And you're starting to see with some of the tier one orgs with these amazing training facilities and these great houses and the apartments that the players live in. And they're just really trying to bring that elevated lifestyle. To gaming overall,
3: yeah, love it. You love to see it.
2: So, what's your thoughts on mobile gaming and you know the esports community around that?
3: Oh, mobile gaming. Oh man, I, I honestly, I feel the longer um, the esports trend grows, I, I feel like mobile gaming will be the most dominant. Obviously, they're not right now, but I feel like it has the potential just because the accessibility is the biggest thing. Um, it can reach everyone. And uh, there's, there's a couple of fighting games already that uh have like cross platform into mobile so even that's a thing like um I'm really excited one of the mobile games I'm really excited for is the League of Legends Wild Rift it doesn't come out to March for us in North America so we got to wait like a month but yeah man I I mobile has untapped potential I feel like
2: Are you going to play you're going to play that game you think there's going to be a good competitive scene around it?
3: Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's like it's Riot Games. There's you can't go wrong with Riot Games. I actually have uh, I did some work with with uh, EA for a while. They had their Command and Conquer's um, strategy mobile game. I was I was I that was uh I had a contract with them and everything, and I did a lot of work it, because uh, con- um, Command and Conquer's is something that I grew up playing and I love I love um, strategy games. I played strategy games a lot as a kid so i have have a lot of i have a lot of experience in mobile in mobile gaming that people not might not be aware of
2: yeah i mean i definitely agree i think you know mobile gaming is huge just for you know the reason that you said and especially in secondary markets that maybe aren't you know as tech powered as some of these major ones are you just need the internet you just need wi-fi you know and 3g 4g 5g just need the internet to be able to compete and as the devices get better it's just going to continue
3: right oh yeah like the PUBG, um the pub circuit in india is like the strongest right i'm pretty sure
2: yeah I mean- they have multi-million dollar prize pools and you know they're really leading the way there's also you know supercell has some you know clash of clans that are you know pretty successful clash royale so yeah, yeah, you know yeah. there's a lot going on there and You know, I know I have a mobile fighting game Marvel Contest of Champions that I, you know, enjoy playing. That's probably my little, you know, secret obsession that I've had going. Okay, okay.
3: Dabbling in fighting games, low key. All right. Yeah, I say it's
2: Mortal Kombat for Marvel. It's just like you have all these Marvel characters and you just fight against other ones. And, you know, it really has a whole social gaming aspect to it that, you know, I think, as you know, is really important for any title to kind of have staying power is that you can play with other people and you know it's nice to play a game by yourself but the interaction with others is kind of adds an extra element to it right of course so what's like the biggest professional you know highlight to date something that you always kind of look back on is like wow I
3: can't believe I did that uh, one of my biggest highlights in my esports career yeah Um. okay well we spoke on Ukraine so I, I won't That's definitely one of them. But uh, Ukraine, uh, I think uh, the first year of Injustice 2, when I made the finals, it was, like, uh, partnered with uh, GameStop. And uh, it was crazy. It was, like, it was a final. It was a top eight throughout the whole North America, like, each each region. And you have to, like, play – you have to play online qualifiers for points. And then once that was finished – the top four in each region. There was like, uh, there was like six, seven regions. The top four had a meet in like the designated GameStop facility and duke it out in a in like a traditional tournament. The top four. So I won my region, and then yeah, so I got to make it. And then the finals was in Vegas. It was crazy production because uh, uh, how do you say this? Um, my mind went blank um also they were revealing like a bunch of new characters at the same time was a big big production but yeah i think just like just uh that type of environment the finals being able to make it to like the final the grand finale and stuff is is just uh, always something i look back on
2: absolutely i mean i think that that's you know a thing that always stands out is kind of you have these online qualifiers then you win the in-person thing and it's like you get to go to the big show and you know once you hit the big show these productions are really that—it's you know mainstream and brands everywhere. And once you're in Vegas, it adds a whole hype and the the shiny lights of Vegas, and you know really elevates what's going on with everything. Mm-hmm. So sure. I know you kind of do some other work in the esports
3: space, you know, with some musicians and stuff. So tell us a little about that. Oh yeah, okay, sure. So I I think first of all that gaming and music goes hand to hand. You have games that have good music. And then you have like artist collabs that play games and stuff. Um, so with me, uh, let's see, let's look back. I think my first collaboration with like an artist was uh the Chief Keef event. So Chief Keef is a really big MK guy, he has his own organization currently. So he hosted um he hosted mm-hmm. this event. It was in California and it was uh SoCal. And uh, he got, he, I was one of the invited players. So went, uh, it was, it was really dope. It was different from traditional. It was more of like a dream hack style, but <laughs> like mid, it was funny. Mid-tournament, <laughs> these dudes were like competing. Cause like, they're also like big into Call of Duty. They were doing everything. Like it was It was just a dope experience. It probably probably wasn't the most optimal in regards to like the tournament players. You know, it was just the experience was dope. It was dope vibes. Those literally had like a concert mid-tournament. So <laughs> some of the players were complaining and stuff. But yeah, it was awesome. I think, yeah, that was my first, Chief Keef. Um, uh, I mean, uh, that was my first like experience with uh, esports and um, music, like artists, right? And then I recently had a... I was invited to an invitational in Miami, which was for Rich Music. And you had Sech, who's a really big Spanish artist. Um, that was dope as well. I cooked it up for a little bit, chop, chatted up a little bit, but yeah, it's really cool, man. It's just dope to see how, um, just even music labels in general, they're like starting to really see this trend of, wow, esports and gaming. It's like a really positive look. So they're trying to, uh, how do you say this? They're trying to put, uh, push their, their brand and incorporate incorporate it some way into the esports team which is awesome i think that's that's going to help us grow even faster so it's really dope um oh yeah also like i just the invitation we just spoke about right the rich music 5k it's through their esports platform more play society so that's where they invited like all the top players to duke it out online so that's another thing but yeah i think other than that so i had like two or three um experiences is oh, all also so obviously i'm with the pittsburgh knights right uh like i think that's like the biggest org in 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 that uh state and they also have like they have a lot of collaborations with taylor gang with the whole Wiz khalifa group so you know and they play a lot of fighting games as well i'm not gonna say much but you know expect something soon
2: okay so a little <laughs> sneak peek that you know we're gonna see some black and yellow game an hour <laughs>
3: Oh yeah, they're re- they're really into no they literally play a lot. Like even before I joined, I knew that a lot of uh that they're, they're into fighting games. I'll I'll say that much. So, you know, ex- expect a collab soon. I'm I i can not say much, but
2: <laughs> Okay, so you know,
3: what's your favorite part about being a pro gamer? Oh man, my favorite part There there's a lot, man. It's just being able to do Oh, oh no okay i I know my favorite my favorite part about all of this is you know when you were little and like every time your parents or your elder right your the grown ups are like what are you doing? you spend so much time playing video games and stuff now i like I can look back at that i can you know. I'm I'm obviously proving them wrong that because there's always been a negative stigma to to gaming. There's always been oh you're not gonna do anything in life. You need to do something productive. That that's been stemmed into my head as as a young as a young one. So looking back, man, that that's like the best feeling. Imagine the same group of people telling you yo you can't you need to stop doing that because you won't you won't make nothing out of it. Look us look at us now, look at us now, justin. Right, so <laughs> that so.
2: I mean, I, I agree. Like to be able to say, like you know, stop playing videos, do your homework. You, you know, you gotta study, you gotta go to law school, college, all these fun things. It's like, <laughs> nah, I should have been playing two K and Madden and streaming <laughs> all day. Like you know, like those books weren't as much fun as they sound.
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously, like yeah, yeah, you don't want to be too like toxic. Obviously, you know, people they don't they just they just do what they think is right. And at the time, you know, they think that who who knew that this was gonna be so big? Esports was gonna grow to to this extent, and still growing at the same time. So, you know, don't be too toxic, not to like rub it in their face too hard, but you know, just give them a little little tap, friendly reminder. Hey, remember when you were when you were telling me this? Remember that.
2: Yeah, like, you know that artist that you listen to their music?
3: Yeah, well, I'm playing video games with them. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. That's, like, my favorite. That's probably one of the things that pushed me so hard to what I do now. It's, like, just, one, I I need to prove you wrong because I I need to do it. Yeah. So what does the future hold, you know, to kind of where where are you going from here? Yeah, so we'll continue to do our, our regular competing Doing content here and there um oh so it was just announced actually uh well like also last week this was announced so Brahala uh, announced like a million dollar esports circuit right which has never that has never been seen in fighting games period Brahala is a platform a, a 2d platformer so the best way to describe it is like it's similar to smash but unlike smash Brahala. Has a extremely supportive dev team and esports team, like dedicated to this type of thing. So um, I, I made my interest known on social medias and stuff, and like that community has been so receptive, a posit- positive, uh, positively receptive of me, like being interested. I got a lot of like pro players. Um, I'm talking to a lot of them. You know, we linked up. They're like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of growing in this game. Extremely fast, faster than I thought, and I'm enjoying it too. So uh, you know, maybe I might be uh pursuing that p- brahalla for a while, but for for now, I'm actually I'm I s am i am spending like five hours a day in this game, so I'm really enjoying it. I have something to kind of strive for and uh, we'll see, we'll go from there. But yeah, so typical MK tournaments, any invitationals expect me there. Um so also this is really important to mark because um, everything at this moment I'm doing f- t- until the release of Project L, which is Riot Games fighting, fighting game. That is the game that I'm going to a hundred percent retire in. And that's the game that once it comes out, once it's announced, I'm going like 110%. Everything I have, all my resources is going into the game. That's the game. So that- is that
2: going to be like League of Legends characters fighting each other?
3: Yes, exactly.
2: Wow, did we, did we just spoil something
3: or am I just a wizard? <laughs> I mean, you are, you are you have your your ways, Justin. But okay, fair you, enough. Yeah, no, this this is the game, I'm telling you. Ugh, it's going to it's going to take over the FGC so fast. Just how Valorant Well, Valorant took a little bit because Valorant had like CS:GO to go against, you know, and CS:GO was in a, in a good place at the time. But dude, we this game like we actually need it. Like the fighting game community, once once we get this product in our hands, it's going to take over the fighting game community. I promise you. I'm not even like no, no doubts. This game is taking over. So yeah, I'm I'm, already, hey, I'm hey, already.
2: first guys, get get ready to you know get out of retirement and get ready to play some new ride games.
3: Yeah, dude, this is the game that's going to put all the all the fighting game communities together. That's also a thing that it's like it's been speculated because. If hopefully they do everything right, like they're going to take over because uh, the, man, the fighting game uh, d- developers from other, for years, for the last year, they've been so lackluster with, they're not providing us decent net code. Dude, that's why you see a lot of fighting game players always complain about like, well, we can't even play our game online because it's so laggy. They don't even have rollback. Just like, think about each simple stuff like that on top of like being free to play Good net code, like oh my god! I'm just I'm so excited. Hopefully this year. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. I have I already have uh some connects and stuff in Riot. You know I'm trying to, but they're really they're really strict on letting any news out. But I'm just excited. That's that's the end goal, Justin. We're gonna Riot Games, and that's it. That's when we're gonna we're gonna pop off. That's when a lot of that's when a lot of tier one orgs are going to be signing players. 100% it's for Riot Games competitive fighter.
2: Okay, that makes sense. So, you know, I like to kind of end each episode with my three questions. So, you know, what's your favorite game to watch?
3: Oh, favorite game to watch. Right now, I love watching Valorant. Valorant is so hype. It's it's so sick to watch. And, you know, I I, I haven't played Valorant since the beta, but I I still, like, I have a really strong understanding of how the game is played and stuff. I just, I'm a big esports dude, like, if you meet a lot of pro players, they probably don't watch. I mean, I love watching esports in general, but Valorant is just in a really good place, and it's so uh, exciting to watch.
2: Okay, so what's your favorite game to play? Is it MK or is there something else?
3: Oh man, my relationship with MK is definitely unhealthy and toxic at the moment. It's just like maybe it's probably just because I feel uh, burned out. Uh, favorite game to play right now it's brahalla easily
2: okay so you know who's your favorite video game character you know mario luigi pikachu scorpion
3: favorite uh let's see let's not pick an mk character let's see because it'll be ermac for sure but uh favorite let's end this with I'll say I'll say Kirby. I like saying this. So Kirby, just because like I love eating, I love trying different foods, and you know, Kirby, he eats everything. <laughs> so th- th- he has my he has my uh dream goal in life. I wanna I wanna keep eating.
2: Okay. I like that answer. You know, nothing wrong with Kirby. Definitely <laughs> is a cute little dude who kicks ass and smash. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um so, you know, thank you so much for joining us. This is really insightful. You know, tell everyone where they can find you.
3: Um, yeah for everyone tuning in thank you so much guys for tuning in showing some love um, I've watched a couple of these podcasts with Justin he's really I love uh, the people he brings in it's always unique so thank you for having me you can reach me in my socials it's usually just too easy MK um, I just had a I had two recent articles and interviews with PlayStation go ahead you check those those out I think they're on my YouTube anyway so just look me up. Or just google me you'll you find them but yeah other than that just two easy mk all socials awesome
2: yeah so everyone make sure you check him out he's doing some amazing stuff over there with the knights and everyone make sure to follow me on twitter justin J E S Q, and check apple podcast for all our past episodes